Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, a weekly horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. And I'm Opal. And this week we watched The Wizard of Gore, 1970, uh, directed and produced by uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, starring, quotation marks, <laughs> Ray Sager, Judy Clare, and Wayne Rite. Uh But before we get into this wild movie. Uh, Opal, what have we been up to this past week? We watched a couple different movies. We did. We watched some, we've been watching some movies lately. Yeah, we, we saw two movies this week. Uh, yeah, the first one was Death Becomes Her, the 90s comedy. Uh, Meryl Streep is in it. Yeah, starring Meryl Streep. Um, that movie uh, I saw when I was maybe like 9 or 10, uh, and it is way worse than I remember. <laughs> It wasn't really for me, necessarily. I think the performance in it are really good, but, I mean... I, I like um, Bruce Willis's performance in it as, like, the horrible husband. Yeah, he gets out pretty clean in that, don't you think? Don't you think? Um, <laughs> but Mary Stoop does a great job. Yeah. Goldie Hawn does a great job. Yeah. The... I can't really critique them as much as I just don't like how pointlessly mean it is. Uh, yeah, I think the movie looks kind of good, and the performances are good, and I like that it's trying to be campy and funny. Unfortunately, yeah, I think it is just too mean. I mean, I, I like mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there has to be... It has to be funny, for one. Yeah. And it has to have some kind of commentary on some kind of universal truth, and it, it's not really what no. I was getting. No, not really. The other movie that we watched was The Wailing, which is from, I think, 2016? Yes, it is. Um, that was a pretty, that was a much better movie. It was very good. I enjoyed um, it quite a bit. It wasn't, um, I will say, I technically appreciate everything that's going on in that movie. It just, for whatever reason, didn't, like, grab me. Um I think it's a really nice, um, without getting into spoilers, it's like a pretty effective um, kind of look at how to handle tragedy and grief. Uh, and it's pretty affecting. Uh, it is like way too long. It's like two and a half hours, which I understand why it's that long, but it was too long. Uh, I think it was just fine. I mean, I really liked it. I, I really like what I had to say. And you're, you're just kind of a weirdo. I'm a little bit of a weirdo. For whatever reason, this one just not my favorite. I think it was technically pretty good. Um, well, I really liked it. Yeah. Should we get into our movie for this week? Yeah. Yeah, let's get into it. Um. So this movie, I guess we can just get into like the summary of it. But just a little background for people that might not have heard of this movie. It's like um, a very low budget kind of... Um, splatter horror movie it's just kind of a gore fest it's kind of goofy I mean, it's herschel gordon lewis it's what he does yeah uh the guy has made like 40 movies and they're all like this um you, you could call him a, a grandfather of gore i think for sure yeah um so we open on montag the magnificent aka the master of illusion aka monologuer the magnificent a magician, if you will. Uh, he's he's like an uh, older gentleman uh, in a magician's getup, and he's doing a performance on stage. Uh, and yeah, he loves to monologue. Um, we open 
with him musing on the nature of magicians, dreams, and reality. Uh, and this culminates with him guillotining himself in front of the audience. It's pretty funny. He's like trying to grab his own head and the head looks like... <laughs> the goofiest prosthetic head you've ever seen. <laughs> the head looks like no one you've ever seen. Yeah. Do you have any feelings on this kind of opening where he talks about uh, how do you know if you're awake or you're still dreaming right now in this very theater? I think it's a bit much. <laughs> it's all a bit much. I mean, I'm not against it totally. I love how it works for this movie and just how goofy it is. But it goes on quite a while. <laughs> it does go on. Um, so we get our opening credit sequence, which is all in this like blocky red text. Um, over that, there's like a the footage that we see is like of this weird, gross prosthetic heart in like a bucket. We do, uh, so Montag continues his show. He does, like, a little trick with water and a cup that the audience seems very bored by. Uh, it is what you would find in a magic kit. Yeah. <laughs> this trick. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it's time for him to launch into another big monologue, and this one is about uh, modernity's fascination with gore. Uh, whether that's, like, Roman gladiators, car accidents, movies. It, it pans to the audience just throughout his big, long speech about nothing, and I really wanted there to be less and less people every time <laughs> it panned to the audience because people would be walking out. I wanted somebody to heckle him. I knew like, that's what would happen. They'd be like, boo, you stink! Get on with the show, buddy! <laughs> Are we gonna see any tricks? Uh, anyway, he calls for a volunteer to do the uh, lady sod in half trick. Out comes our first uh, 70s woman of the there movie. There are so many types of 70s <laughs> woman you can see. I would say what's distinctive about her is that she has a floral dress and swoopy hair, but that's literally all of the women in this Dra movie. Drag and drop the features <laughs> that you want in your 70s woman. Also, the music track doesn't really seem to sync with anything. <laughs> It kind of swells at, like, random times while Montag is, like, securing the volunteer to a table. He takes five fucking minutes to tie her hands to this table. And in the middle of him doing that, the music will be, like, quiet. And then it'll be, like, suspense again! Oh my god, he's tired to the table! And it's like, I'm not following you, soundtrack. So he pulls out a uh, chainsaw uh, with a comment about how today magicians are mechanized, too. Uh, which I don't think means anything. I think it's just somebody wrote it and liked the sound of it. Uh, and he saw this through a wooden board as a demonstration. Um, we're going to see uh, several of Montag's performances, and they're all going to go this way, where he's going to have a big monologue. He's going to call the, a volunteer. The same monologue, you could say. That's right. He's going to call a volunteer. He's going to do a demonstration. And then he's going to actually do the trick. Um, well, he spoiled the whole fucking movie. <laughs> that is just this movie. Um, so uh, Montag uh, proceeds and he saws through the lady just uncovered on the table with the chainsaw. And you see a bunch of blood and gore here. Uh, the lady's like screaming and then at some point goes limp. And it's kind of hard to tell because of the way the movie is cut. But he sort of like waves his hands and then she's fine again. It cuts back and forth quite a few times, and it's really funny when it cuts back to the audience and no one is reacting. <laughs> we talked about the music track. The music track, like, 
um, is tied to whatever's happening on screen. So when they cut to the audience, the audience has like their kind of like lackadaisical music track that'll just kick in for a few seconds before it cuts back. And then you go back to the murder music. Yeah, which is like very loud and obnoxious. Um, It's the same music every time it happens. Yeah, and I need to stress um, the audience is like extremely unaffected by any of this until the very end when the lady um, gets up and like shows that she's fine and they all clap wow that was great yeah um, I, I think I asked you after the third time whether you would clap or not <laughs> I would not um, I think that's normal after the show the lady visits a restaurant and um, suddenly becomes sawed in half again um, just kind of out of nowhere there was a protector on the floor <laughs> so that the carpet doesn't get dirty just fyi that's great i did not notice that and we cut to uh jack and sherry who are a couple and they are arguing about uh, the performance they watched um sherry liked it but jack is kind of cynical about the whole thing and he just cares about sports you can tell he's a sports writer he loves sports. They only bring it up in every conversation. Every conversation that Sherry and Jack have together about their work or Jack's interests always comes back to sports. It's always about sports. Always. Um, and then they kind of pass by the commotion outside the restaurant where the lady was killed. Uh, Sherry gets some blood on her hand. Too many people here. This way, is a problem. Way too many people. The next day, Sherry is doing a news broadcast about Montag's performance. Uh, she says the tagline is, your eyes see, but your mind won't believe, which is very goofy. Well, they're right. And her show is called The Housewife's Coffee Break. Um, it's just kind of a news miscellaneous uh, show. She encourages her listeners to go see Montag's performance. No one is watching this shit. I don't think anyone is watching this. Um, after... Um, her show, Sherry visits uh, Montag and asks him to uh, appear as a guest. Um, at first, he doesn't seem to be that interested. He says uh, he doesn't give interviews. No, he says, no! <laughs> <laughs> I do not give interviews. I will not be making an appearance! <laughs> but he kind of suddenly changes his mind, um, and he invites Sherry to come to his next show, and he gives her free tickets to see his new trick. And he says, um, you know, if you like it, maybe we can reconsider the whole guest appearance thing. Classic Montag. <laughs> Next, we come to a kind of creepy shot of Montag raising a coffin up out of the grave. Um, and like, quote unquote, resurrecting a dead body of like the, the woman who was sawed in half. He's not resurrecting her. He's just taking her. <laughs> yeah, he's he... simply picking her up. And taking her. Yeah, so the next thing that he does is he, like, throws her over his shoulders and kind of just walks out and stuffs her in, like, a wall. You see that whole walk, too. It's a a long walk. Um, Also, it wasn't clear to me that this was the woman volunteer until later. It's just kind of... yes. You can kind of tell. We cut back to Jack and uh, Sherry. Jack's at his office, and he gets a phone call from Sherry, who talks him into seeing the second performance, but he doesn't seem interested. He really doesn't want to go. He does not want to see this goddamn show. He says, like, three times, if you make me see a magician again, I'm going to kill you. And I thought (laughs) that was very dramatic. (laughs) For this performance, uh, Montag is going to drive a solid metal spike through a woman's head. 
Um, this one's my favorite. The only like real notable thing here, so Jack um, is the person who is called up to demonstrate that the uh, hammer and the spike are real, and he kind of hammers on a wooden board <laughs> really ineffectually. <laughs> He's like, seems real to me. <laughs> yeah. So Montag drives the spike into the woman's head, and she screams and spits blood, and Montag's like pulling chunks of her brain out of her head, and like... The the viscera is clearly getting stuck in, like, the wig also. And she has these big, like, fake cow eyes in her head that he's, like, popping out. Yeah, he's, like, sticking his finger into the fake eyes, and it's just, um... The crowd loves it. Yeah. No reaction from the crowd until the very end again. Yeah. But, um... They love it! Um... It's great. Sherry, uh, brings Jack with her to meet Montag after the show. And um, Jack reveals that, you know, the last volunteer died and Montag kind of feigns ignorance or innocence for the whole thing. No, he he turns to the camera and he's like, how unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I'm going to react if I ever kill someone. <laughs> Montag still kind of refuses to do an interview, but he tells Sherry um, he'll appear on her show and do an illusion, a trick. An illusion. An illusion. Afterwards, Sherry and Jack argue about Montag, um, but they agree to continue seeing his um, performances to kind of help Sherry's TV career. Now we see the girl from the second performance, who um, she turns up dead with similar wounds. Montag visits the mortician and hypnotizes them and steals the second woman's body as well. Uh, And he simply takes her. He just takes her. We get the... um, Exact same shot, not the literal same footage, but the same shot of him with the body like strung up around his shoulders, taking a big long walk. Now, I hope that you enjoy seeing this because you might just see it <laughs> a few more times. More time. <laughs> also, it has a, like a red filter over it to make it seem spookier. It is spookier. Sure. I'll give him that. Jack is having dinner with a friend at Chicken Unlimited. A chicken Unlimited! No, it cut it hard cuts to Chicken Unlimited, and I lost my damn mind. And guess what's in the back of this entire conversation? A giant pile of fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, you like see the takeout window, and there's just like rows and rows of fried chicken. What I, what I do want to say, I want to get this out of the way. This movie has some really good background footage of people pretending to do things. Like, I was watching all, every person in that restaurant trying to refill the coffee maker. <laughs> it was very funny. Jack is telling his friend about um, the killings, because he's learned about both of them now. And he's convinced that um, a killer is kind of following Montag's volunteers around to recreate the kills, and maybe it's even Montag himself. We go to the third show. Where this time, uh, Montag uses a punch press, which takes forever. <laughs> he's like, let me demonstrate. And he's like, wait for it, wait for it, wait so, for it. So the punch press is like this big industrial machine where you have to like turn a slow crank at like this really slow speed while this uh, like press like, very slowly, inches and we, inches further down. We've all seen down. the hydraulic press videos on YouTube. It's kind of like that. Yeah, this is like a hand-operated one. Yeah. The only funny thing that really happens here is when Montag calls up um, the volunteer, um, he asks to remove her jewelry, saying, 
it would be a shame to ruin it. And then he just throws it off stage. <laughs> that got me pretty good. Too. Um, at this point, I made a note. This movie really feels like an MST3K movie at this point. 100%. Um, which is probably because another one of this guy's movies was an MST3K movie. Really? Because I feel like they never really go into that level of gore ever. So... I didn't um, look up the movie in question, but yeah, they, there is an episode uh, okay. for one of this guy's movies. Okay, maybe, fantastic. Maybe we'll have to watch that. It, it gets really funny because you see him lower the press for the demonstration. This takes like five minutes. And then he has to <laughs> draw it back up. And then when he actually gets started with the trick, you watch him draw it back down. <laughs> this takes like ten minutes. The the they're just like waiting slowly for an entire like pointless scene to play out is what reminds me of MST three K movies. <laughs> like it, it just the there's there's a scene um that we'll get to in a minute of a woman like just walking down the street that they play all of in like painstaking detail for no reason. Yeah, uh, there is a long car driving sequence that I did say minus the hands of fate. <laughs> so Jack is telling Sherry about the murders, um, but Sherry says it couldn't have been Montag. We were meeting him after the show when one of the women died. Um, and then they go to have sex. Yeah, because they get really turned on talking about Montag. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, the latest volunteer is discovered dead, again with similar wounds. Uh, Jack gets a call informing him of this. Him and Sherry decide they're going to go to the police station to kind of share their theory. Because he's a sports writer. He's getting, like, information about, like, news and stuff. I guess because he's a news writer, but it does seem like he's a sports guy, so... He's a sports writer. I don't know why he's covering any of this. They go to the cops who decide they're going to surveil the next volunteer in order to catch the killer. And Montag... It'll definitely work. Totally, yeah, it'll totally work. Also, Montag steals um, the third body from the morgue. You get the same scene again. He simply takes her, etc. For his next performance, he has two women uh, swallow swords. <laughs> you, you see the guy in the audience put up two fingers and he mouths two of them? Two of them? And at one point, the other cop has to come by and he's like, hey, we weren't planning for two of them. We'll have to split up and follow them. <laughs> As the people in the audience are like, hey, I'm watching the show. Here. Two of them. Two of them. Uh, also, blood keeps appearing on uh, Jack and Sherry's hands randomly throughout the movie. This makes no damn sense. Like, when the corpse is passing her by, like, okay, yeah, she gets some on her. But then everyone gets it. Yeah, I wasn't sure when to bring this up because it happens a bunch of times and it doesn't really amount to anything at any point. No, it does not. Um... <laughs> Anyway, um, Montag is, like, fiddling with the swords here, and, like, you can see it bent. <laughs> like, it's, uh, like no, a... No, they, they have someone from the audience come up and test the swords. He's like, that looks like a regular sword, right? And I'm looking at the sword, <laughs> and it does not look like a regular sword. It does not. It looks like a piece of measuring tape. And I'm pretty sure that's what it is, because at various points, he's it folds like, up he's under like, pressure. yeah, he's like trying to shove it into these women's mouths and it is literally just bending and folding. Um, <laughs> Very funny. Also, um, the cuts for this sequence are just wild. They'll like show him killing someone 
and then they'll cut and that person will be fine and he'll be like calmly like about to perform the trick or like starting it and then it'll cut back to him like violently killing them again well this has only happened three times i would think you would get the deal by now it's just um very strange visually the cops decide they're going to tail the two women, and we get um, the blurriest nighttime uh, car sequence we've you ever seen. You could argue that you're mostly looking at nothing. <laughs> there is one point where you are just looking at a black screen. Yeah. Um, for 20 seconds. Um, anyway, one of the women um, dies in her car, and the other in her house, um, and both kind of seemingly without encountering anyone. Um Jack is still kind of unconvinced, and the cops decide um, they're going to have Sherry be the next volunteer when Montag appears on her show. Now, listen. There's no way it could happen a sixth time. (laughs) I don't know. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. (laughs) Shame on you. Fool me six times. Fool me six times. Montag the Magnificent. You might be a fucking wizard. (laughs) Anyway, for some reason, Sherry uh, agrees to this. Um... We get to um, her show, and Montag instructs the audience to concentrate on him. <laughs> this motherfucker said concentrate. <laughs> it's clearly like he says concentrate a few times, and just one of the line reads, he flubs it and says concentrate. There was a very questionable they, line reads that I think they maybe, just left they it in. maybe you should take that one again. Maybe don't say concentrate this time. <laughs> you don't say concentrate. Here, it's like a cronut. Um, here we get like a really long sequence of everyone kind of focusing in on Montag's eyes. Um, everyone all over the world. Everyone like all over the world. People in the studio. People like watching. Um, but we also see Jack is like covering his eyes and refusing to look. Um, he notices that everyone has become hypnotized and there's like blood on their hands. Yeah. That's um, what happens. That's just what happens. Um, and Montag has kind of, like, gathered up everyone in, in the studio and is leading them Pied Piper style into, like, a giant blazing inferno that's there for some reason. There's, like, a big fireplace. Someone said that before him. He didn't even do that. <laughs> I don't know why it's there. I don't know what it has to do with the thing they're filming. Um, but Jack kind of rushes in and saves everyone. And does he push Montag into the fire? Yes. Yes. I think so. Um, and you just see him, like shriveling yeah you see like his bones in the fire after like 10 seconds um very quick and everyone is just kind of cool with jack doing this because according to jack montag was about to kill everyone (laughs) sherry goes well it's over now it's over now the spell is broken i guess the magic died with him Mm, that smells good let's go get some chicken and live it in Next, we get a scene of Sherry and Jack sitting on, like, the floor of their bedroom discussing kind of what happened. 70s-style floor party. It is extremely 70s. Um, And Sherry says, there's just too many unanswered questions. And then... You're telling me, Sherry. She's like, but what about the bodies? What about this and that? Um, And then Jack morphs into Montag. um, And he pulls off a very bad prosthetic face. He starts peeling latex (laughs) off of himself. By, by the way, Montag this entire time has really bad oatmeal face. <laughs> it's so bad. You see, like, the flakes on this His man's skin. His weird, cakey makeup. Anyway, Montag says that um, Sherry's just been dreaming this whole time and attacks her. Um, but Sherry laughs at Montag and says that actually she's the real illusionist. He says, no, no, stop laughing. 
<laughs> and she says that Montag is her illusion. And we cut back to the very first scene where um, everyone was watching the initial performance. And Montag says, we don't know if you've been dreaming this the whole time. Remember that? Remember when he said that? Oh, Re- my God. Remember? And then the screen spins in like a Scooby-Doo transition. <laughs> Into a freeze frame, and then we get red text on the screen saying, The end? Or the beginning? Or the question beginning. mark. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Fantastic. Um, Fan-fucking-dastic. Bravo. Um, Opal, do you want to talk about our history with this movie a little bit? When was the first time you saw this movie? Oh god, probably, uh, probably 2014-ish. And then did you show me? Yes, not I right, did. You, you showed me not right away, but pretty quickly. We I watched this tried movie to show you, and you fell asleep. <laughs> I did fall asleep while watching this movie. In my defense, it is the slowest, longest movie that is ninety minutes I have ever seen. But guess what? You can't say it's boring. I think you were just tired. <laughs> I think I was pretty tired. Sometimes I get hit with the sleepies real it, bad. It was probably really late. I think it was really late. Yeah, I have to say my uh, experience watching this movie this time was that um, I had kind of a coffee kind of late in the day when maybe I shouldn't have and I was feeling a little jittery and my blood sugar was a little weird, <laughs> which sure is a way to experience this movie. Uh-huh. So I had to get I had to get Taco Bell to reinvigorate myself well, for our recording. That's just fine. Yeah. Would you believe me if I told you that I've seen this like three or four times now? <laughs> I guess so. Um, I'm fascinated with it. But yeah, it is not a boring movie, but there are definitely points. Like, um, I keep notes on my phone so that I can do the summaries. And there was literally one point where I just put my phone down and I looked at you and I said, well, I don't have to write anything down for three minutes. Because... I told you that it was going to be a really light summary. Because <laughs> guess what? It's the same damn thing for six different times. It's, uh, yeah, it's very repetitive and slow at points, but um, I can't exactly say that it's boring. No, not at all. Because it is um, absurd. All of the gore and the prosthetics are very funny looking. Um, well, I think that's actually kind of the best part. No, I would agree. Yeah, no, I think the effects they're, are They're pretty like, slimy. The blood is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think the effects are what you would see this kind of movie for. Yeah. The movie was made on like a shoestring budget of $60,000. Actually. Um, I mean, $60,000 in 1970, but that's still nothing. It's still nothing. I guess the actor that plays Montag um, walked off the set because he got in a altercation with a crew member so they just got a member of the crew ray <laughs> sager guy. to play him yeah um at least this guy had been in several of gordon lewis's other movies so he was at least had some acting skills but you yeah. can he tell. hasn't acted in anything else i think he's like a producer now yeah um nobody in the cast has done anything, anything else. um but this but these movies are gordon lewis movies um you can tell why yeah, he's he's made a bunch of these, um, all with his own money. Um, this is actually one of his like later films. Um, he had made like the bulk of his movies already. Right. Um, and there is even a remake um, directed uh, that, by Jeremy Caston. As you could tell from my reaction last week, I didn't know about this, <laughs> and I was utterly shocked that this got remade. Do you? You said you had a little bit about this remake. Yeah. Do you know who plays Montag? No. Crispin Glover. (laughs) 
it. Do you want to see his Montag? Oh boy. Yeah, we can put we can put a picture in the episode notes. <laughs> yes, that is a giant cod piece. Oh my god. This is incredible. Also, I should probably also tell you, you know who played all the victims? All Montag's victims. Who? Suicide Girls. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most 2007 thing I've ever read. That's amazing. That's incredible. We might, we might have to watch that one. <laughs> Maybe. Apparently it's rated worse than this one with actual actors and a budget. I don't know how that happens. I don't know what they did to it. Well, let's let's get into our ratings for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that will explain some of what we're talking about. Sure. <laughs> we might... I, I have a feeling we might have some different opinions. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So the first is the spookiness rating. This is kind of how scary the movie is, how effective the scares were. Um, what would you give it on a one to five? This is going to hurt its score really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be anything but a one. It's not scary. I, I, it's too funny. It is deeply not scary. Um, I kind of want to give it a two or like a one and a half because I want to give credit to the the gore in it. Because I do think that's pretty effective looking even for 1970. Um, and I don't know where else to give the movie credit for that. So. Well, I mean, yeah, the gore is the best part, but it's just animal guts. It's because they used real animal guts. Oh, yeah. So it, you got the right texture and everything, but gore doesn't really scare me that much. Yeah, I mean, it's not scary, but I do think it is effective. And obviously it's like what this movie is about and known for. So I, I would give it... I'm going to say a two okay. for spookiness. Okay. Um, next is watchability. <laughs> this is kind of how easy it is to just kind of take the movie in and not worry about it too much. Yeah. How rewatchable is it? Um, this, is, this is a tale of two watchability scores, 100%. So what what would you rate it? I would rate it a four. Yeah. Because I, can... I have seen it a few different times, and it tickles me every time. I you, think it's so funny. You have seen this movie a lot. Um. For me, it's just too slow at points. See, yeah, that's exactly what I expected because, you know, you could either really love it or really hate it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's goofy. I would definitely, like, watch a Mystery Science Theater 3000 commentary track while watching this. I think that would improve it a lot. Um, Or, you know, I'd watch it with you and we could make fun of it the whole time like we did. I think it's funny on its own. Yeah, um... I don't know. It um, it's only ninety minutes. It's kind of goofy. I would give it like maybe a two and a half for watchability. Yeah. And then last is our Vincent Price vamp rating. Oh my god. So this is the kind of charisma, the performances. Um, how, how did you feel? Could you imagine Vincent Price playing Montag? Oh, I wish we got that. <laughs> that would be. That would um, make this movie like an actually good movie. It feels like he's trying to channel him a little bit at times, but it's definitely just, it's not happening. But that being said, the movie itself, I have to give it like a four. I have to give it a four. I think this is the movie's strong point. I think it does have quite a bit of charisma. I think that um, while the line reads are pretty bad, 
Um, it is very campy that and does fun. Not, that does not hurt the score. We have to clarify that right <laughs> That's now. That's true. I think, I, I think uh, concentrate, if anything, <laughs> helps this movie more than it hurts it. Um, yeah, I, I'll give it like a like a four for yeah. the, the vamp rating. That's the right answer. Um, do you have any bonus fuckability points for Montag the Magnificent? Oh my god, no, he's going to be peeling <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. No bonus points. Uh, so Crispin Glover, though, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So to recap, you gave it a spookiness of one. I gave it a spookiness of two. Uh, watchability, you gave it a four. I gave it a two and a half. And then uh, vamp rating, we both gave it a four. Yeah. Uh, that means that your total score is a nine out of fifteen. And my total score is an eight and a half out of fifteen. Yeah, that's that sounds right. Yeah. Um. So obviously, there's something to this movie. There, there's a lot to it. There's, there's definitely a lot to it. It's um goofy and weird and campy. Um. Apparently, uh, it gets name dropped in the movie Juno. I have not, <laughs> I have not seen the movie Juno, but she makes the bold claim. That this movie is better than Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not true. I, I think I'm just going to say that's wrong. I'm just going to say that's not true. You know, we did both like this movie around the same level as we liked The Grudge, which I think is funny. <laughs> In different ways. In different ways, for sure. Um, They're both still bad. But we like them. We like them. You know, I think um, it's just a decent time. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen this movie, definitely, like, give it a try. It's one of those movies that you can just find on YouTube, like most good things. There are a surprising number of great movies you can just find I on know. YouTube. We saw um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane on YouTube. That's a great YouTube movie. YouTube just has good old movies. I think, like, I'm generally not in it for kind of exploitation movies and movies that are just um, a bunch of blood and guts and violence without kind of a real point. But something about this movie is just funny enough that it kind of pushes it over the edge for me. And I enjoy it. I think normally I don't like it, but if it's funny, it yeah. definitely elevates it a lot for me. Yeah, this movie is um, very funny, which I think really saves it. Do you have anything else to say about this movie? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just going to be a short episode just by nature of it. <laughs> just I mean, what it is. The thing is, like, it is so repetitive. It did it did bring the summary um, to a close probably a little bit faster. But also, like, there's not a lot of information about this movie out there that you no, can find. No, I, I tried to do research really hard for two days now, and I just couldn't find anything. Yeah, I mean, even the IMDb trivia page is kind of barren. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the most I got was from maybe the Wikipedia page, which is kind of from a Herschel Gordon Lewis documentary. There's some bits and pieces about it, but not a lot. Like it said that they ran into problems with the budget because of things like accidents. And I'm like, well, what are the accidents? And it just, it doesn't say. <laughs> doesn't say. Yeah. It does make me interested in Herschel Gordon Lewis's body of work. And maybe I will go back and, you know, explore some of those movies. Um, yeah possibly yeah but this is the one that i think is probably best well known of his movies I i've definitely encountered blood feast before i think that one's really notable that's i think his first movie yeah which is really interesting 
Um, I wouldn't know, but... But, yeah, short episode this week. Um, enjoyable, kind of goofy. Um, I wasn't sure we were even going to have 40 minutes to talk about, <laughs> but we barely we we got there. We made it happen. We made it happen. Um, should we get into our final segment? gonna need a volunteer <laughs> to tell me if this sack is a real sack or not it's a real sack seems real enough to me no whack whack it on the table a couple times <laughs> real sack right real sack uh this is the last part of the show where we bring out the movie sack um this is a real grab bag we're just gonna pull one out and that's gonna be the movie for next week uh, and for your next trick. For my next trick. You'll make a movie up here that we'll talk about. <laughs> for my next trick, I'll make us watch a movie next week. How exciting. <laughs> Alright, I have selected the movie. I'm taking the sack. I return the sack to you. Opal is the keeper of the sack. They um, keep the sack uh, well stocked and supplied and provisioned. Yeah, I-, I put in a new one every week for everyone we draw. So right. hopefully it should have 12 in there. Alright. Are you ready? Yeah, what'd you get? All right, next week, we'll be watching The Bay. Oh, nice. I don't know. I've never heard of this movie. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it once before. It's definitely an interesting one. It is kind of a mockumentary without giving away too much. But I, I encourage you not to look too much about it up. Okay. This is the 2012 uh, Barry Levinson movie. Yes. Okay. Well... Uh, join us next week. We'll be watching that. Uh, Opal, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am Milky Cross on Twitter, and the podcast also has a Twitter at Scary And I'm on Twitter at Putrid underscore Imp. You can find my other show, Level With You, a World of Warcraft classic podcast at Level With You Pod on Twitter. And uh, Opal, I think that's the end of the show. I, I was going to talk about how I really wanted to show the Wizard of Gore to a caveman and see what happens. Oh, that would blow their mind. Or would it? Because they probably see blood and guts all the time. I don't know what would happen for sure, but I think things would be different. Things would be different. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.